Hello everyone, and welcome to Mole Hill Mountain, episode 182. Andrew Eisen here, because we're not allowed to go anywhere else. So, uh, hope you're all hanging in there and uh, doing well and are healthy and happy. Uh, Nicholas asks, am I more comfortable working from home now? Um, no. Uh, I, I Working, this is going to be, you know, first world problems, ah, poor me sounding, but uh, kind of unavoidable with that question. Uh, for me, it's really difficult because um, all my video games and movies and stuff are here, so it's, it's really distracting. Also, um, when you speak to people who make a career out of working from home, uh, almost all of them will tell you to make sure you have a home office or at least some dedicated space for work. Uh, I live in a one-bedroom apartment, so I don't have a home office or a dedicated space to work. Um, so anywhere I am in my home is not it doesn't feel like okay this is the workplace it's there's always distractions so that's tough also I'm not as comfortable here I have more space at work uh, at work I have a desk that wraps all the way around my side and so it's in front of me it's a nice wide desk and it goes around to my left um, <clears throat> I have a big uh, whiteboard and uh, pin-up wall behind me where I can hang all of my uh, uh, things I need to scan for uh, for various testing purposes. Um, a, a lot of what I test involves scanning uh, 3D barcodes, QR codes, uh, UPCs, all, all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, so I have a bunch of different sheets uh, hanging on the wall behind me so when I need to scan something I turn around I scan it do that. And then I have another, because uh, I talked to Jay who's our office manager dude uh, to try and get an, a desk extension and we don't actually have one and haven't had one in a while um, so instead I have uh, essentially a piece of furniture they stole from somewhere else in the office <laughs> um, that I have sitting next to my desk to expand it and uh, as a uh, QA guy I have all kinds of cr I have like um, like five or six laptops that I use routinely because I have different environments I have to test on. Uh, I have a you know a Win 10. I have a Win 10 with less memory to to. Uh, so I have a Win 10 with four gigs. I have a Win 10 with 12 gigs. Uh, so I can do performance testing. I have a Win 7. I have a one that's set up to uh, remote into the QA environment. Uh, so I have a bunch of different laptops. Then I have all of the different terminal types. I have the 750s, the 550s, the HD368s, the 850s. I have all of the tablets, and I have uh, the, the various the, the Samsungs and the Acers, the A3040s and 50s. Even though we're not supposed to have the 50s, I managed to get one somewhere. I don't know where it came from. Um, uh, and then I have... Uh, all kinds of power strips with all kinds of charging cables and just stuff all over the place. I keep it as neat as I can, but I have a lot of space at work where I can organize all this stuff in what I feel is a very efficient manner. I, I don't have that at home. 
I don't have that much space. So when I went into work for the last time, I ended up uh, filling my trunk with all kinds. It looked like I was robbing the place blind because I was like the only one there. I'm like, if they look at the uh, security footage, they're going to see me wheeling all kinds of office equipment out on a rolling chair and dumping it into my trunk and driving off. Um, but, I, I mean, I am an extraordinarily fortunate in many respects. Uh, one, my job is not in any real danger of being lost. I will come out of this thing with my job intact, almost certainly. I also have the ability uh, to work from home essentially indefinitely. Now, th there may be times where I may need some other piece of equipment, like if the company buys new tablets and I need to test those because they have new chipsets or something, I would have to go into the office to pick them up. But for the most part, I can do my job indefinitely from home. Uh, that, and <clears throat> even though our main business is we have less customers because uh, the, the people doing jobs, of course, are, are canceling them. They're, they're not doing them right now. Um, they will really need to do them when this stuff, when we get on the other side of this. So, but even until then, as a QA guy, I am in absolutely no shortage of things to work on. In fact, in the last week, I have been more productive than I ever have because there's been no one around to bother me. <laughs> Except on, uh, you know, we use uh, Teams. Uh, they're constantly pestering me on Teams. Andrew, how do we do this? Or Andrew, what does this mean? Blah, 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 blah. You know, that kind of stuff. Hang on just a second. My, my phone's chiming at me. Make sure it's not important. Hang on. So that is, hmm, okay, that can wait. What was I talking about? Working from home. So, um, so yeah, without people bothering me and um, a lot of our teleconference meetings, because we have people here in Southern California, we have people in Texas, we have people in uh, uh, Toronto, and we have people in India, and we have people in where's SQS? Kentucky, I think. Uh, so we've got people all over the place that we're constantly conferencing with. A lot of those meetings have been canceled. Um, so so I, I'm actually finding I'm getting a lot more work done than I would otherwise because people aren't bothering me all the time. So it's, it's actually kind of nice in that way. Uh, but again, I am in just a reduced ridiculously fortunate position compared to a lot of other people, so uh, I definitely do recognize that. Uh, ba -ba 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 -ba. Oh, Scrungo, playing a Jackbox with your family. I, I hear that... I wonder if I should, you know, get that and, you know, try and do it for the uh, charity event or something. It's something I've been thinking about. Uh, Animal Crossing. Hello, Chaos. Working from home is not an option for Chaos. Uh, however, there is no way my company will tell us not to come to work short of the entire building burning to the ground. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what do you do, Chaos, if uh, 
if you can reveal that. Um, and uh, by the way, uh, if all y'all who work in uh, service, or as our state is uh, referring to it, um, essential services, you know, uh, food, uh, RX, uh, um, uh, pharmacy, uh, uh, medical, all that stuff, y'all are heroes and y'all deserve hazard pay. Me, I'm a QA dude. I'm, my services, my job is secure and my services are needed and will always be in demand, but I, my job is not particularly making anyone's life better. So, all our service folks, hey, you guys are all awesome and I hope you're, I hope you're all safe and cared for. Warehouse, yeah. So, um, uh, one thing I've been, uh, doing budget permitting that I, you know, I hope helps is, um, I'm not a very social dude anyway. Uh, the biggest impact to me personally is not going to the gym. I mean, I'm not going to the office, but I'm doing office work just here. And, but I'm not going to the gym anymore. And that limits me to uh, cardio and body weight exercises, which is a little weird for me because the heaviest thing I have here is uh, 15 pound dumbbells. And I have already dropped like a pound and a half. I, I weighed myself this, I, I'm usually about 220. I weighed myself this morning, I was like 218 something, so I'm, <laughs> I'm start. my muscle is just like leaking off my body because I have, I have very little way to do any really heavy strength training anymore. Oh, boo-hoo, poor me. Yeah, I mean, not, not important at all, but, uh, um, so, uh, so one thing, so I don't go out a lot. I don't, like, patron a lot of local establishments, um, but I do, uh, I am maintaining my subscriptions to the, uh, to the two gyms that I, uh, am a member subscription, memberships. Uh, LA Fitness is actually uh, refunding some of that. So I, I think what I'll do is the net when LA fitness is uh, opens back up is I'll like buy a couple smoothies from them or something. Uh, there's a, there's a local barber. I get my hair cut at once every month or two. Um, so I bought a, uh, like a $25 gift certificate, like a, a $25 gift certificate for them, uh, from them. Uh, you know, just to give them some cash. So that's what I've been trying to do is figure out the establishments that I actually do patron, uh, like the, the the bar. It's called Just. Is it called Just Hair? No, it used to be called Just Haircuts or something. I think it's something else now. But um, so that and the, the the sushi deli, which I treat myself to once a month. Uh, I actually couldn't find a uh, a way to buy a. Uh, 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 gift gift card or anything online maybe I wasn't looking in the right place but uh, that's something that I was like maybe this can be something I can do right now to help you know local businesses kind of weather the storm I hope anyway um, also the, the, there's of course some other stuff you know I don't have a ton of money to spend but uh, you know so I gave but but I figure that if everything were cool 
I would be spending this, you know, 25 bucks for a haircut this month. I mean, obviously I would. Um, I would be spending $30 out at sushi. So I have that money to go ahead and buy a gift card from them this month. And I guess next month if... <laughs> and the month after that. So, um... That's, that's what I've been doing. Also, there's, you know, food banks and stuff that you, that you can support. So there are things that you can do if you're feeling helpless, I guess. Also, um, I know uh, my life has not changed much. I don't have, like, any more free time than I used to. You know, I still get up at the same time in the morning. I work for the same amount of time. Then I go exercise. I'm not going to the gym, but I'm still here or running around the neighborhood. And then I have a couple hours at the end of the night where which I have to either shop or make dinner and all that stuff. So I only so I I'm not one of the uh many many people who are just trapped at home with nothing to do. So one of the incredibly small things I can do is you know, a podcast or make a debut review video and give you guys something to watch. Not like there's a dearth of anything to watch on YouTube, but uh, there you go. Uh, I'll talk about this more later, but I will be streaming a game tomorrow. Um, a topical and appropriate game. So uh, if y'all are among those who are looking for something to do, then uh, you can hang out with me and we'll play a game tomorrow. So uh, that's that's what I've been up to. Let's see what's going on in the chat here. Uh, Matthew says you could still do pickup at most restaurants. Uh, have you encountered panic buying stores around me? Keep getting cleaned out. Uh, yes, you can do pickup at a lot of restaurants. I have not um, heard. I, I mean, I've not heard. I've not tried to see if like sushi deli is doing delivery or anything like that um i'd rather just give them some money to to help them through these harrowing times rather than make them work they're already working hard enough and i've got food here not the food i not all the food i want because as matthew is talking about in the chat uh, not all of it's on the store shelves. Uh, he's asking me about panic buying. Yeah, uh, paper products is is the big one. There are there is no toilet paper, no paper towels, nothing uh, that I've seen anyway. Um, uh, second to that is produce, which uh, unfortunately for me is the majority of my caloric intake. I eat a lot of produce. Most of my food goes bad in a couple of days. In a normal week, I, gro I go grocery shopping two or three times because um, I'm constantly restocking because I can only buy... You know, most uh, most grocery stores have a uh, two-item uh, two, two limit on every product. You know, you can o only buy two of any one thing in the store because we don't want people hoarding everything so that everyone's got some stuff. Uh, I never buy more than two things at a time anyway because they'll go bad, <laughs> you know? Um, unless we're talking about, you know, I don't buy two bananas or two avocados or, 
two oranges at once, obviously, but, um, so yeah, uh, let's see what, what has been hard to find. Dairy is really hard to find. Um, almond milk, eggs, especially. I really lucked out into finding some eggs yesterday. Uh, so now I've got some eggs for about a week because I ate a lot of eggs. I did, but, ooh, show and tell. Hang on just a second. So, uh, last week, I believe, looking for eggs, there were no eggs. There were no um, liquid eggs, no, you know, jug of egg whites or e nothing. But I did find this, just egg, uh, which is, it sounds thick, doesn't it? It's all grainy and goopy. It's actually not egg, it's plant stuff. It's plant-based scramble. It's made from plants, not chicken eggs. It's not chicken eggs. These, this, is this is imitation eggs. And it's actually genuinely gross. I tried some. It's really bad. And, it, and this thing is $8. Um, I was always I'd always seen it on the shelf. I was always curious about it. Now I know not to buy it because it's gross. Um, but uh, you do what you can. Uh, let's see. Five grams of protein. Not terrible. Uh, it's also what, eight fluid ounces or something. There's really not much in here. Um, <coughs> pardon me. But uh, one thing I have been glad to see is that, um, uh, so far as I've seen anyway, uh, no one's jacking up the prices on anything that I've seen in my area. I, I don't know if that's your experience, but what I've seen here in uh, San Diego so far is I have not seen anyone jacking up prices. Like, I bought eggs, and they were what eggs cost. It wasn't like $8 for a dozen or anything like that. So so that's happy to see that. Um, also, as far as paper products go, I just so happened to restock my toilet paper like the week before uh, the feces hit the fan. So I still have like 10 rolls under my counter so and as it happens I happen to have like a box of uh, face masks under my counter from when I had the flu a couple of years ago because um, I bought a box of them uh, I'll probably I'll run out of paper towels before I run out of uh, toilet paper but I'm not it, this is gonna be gross and I apologize for that but I'm not particularly worried about running out of toilet paper because there is a convenient shower right next to my toilet you know, I live alone, so washing my butt, not that huge an imposition, you know? I already got my pants down, <laughs> so I'm already halfway undressed, so sticking my butt over the tub and washing it in the shower or something like that, I mean, that's a, that's a not ideal, but it's not the biggest deal in the world either, so, uh... Also, I really want to check, I normally, just out of habit, uh, shopping-wise, I go between Vons, uh, Sprouts, and Trader Joe's. Uh, those, are, those are the markets that I frequent. Um, so one thing I, I'd like to do uh, when I need to, when I need to go out and get, get groceries, is there's a, uh, 
a Korean supermarket uh, right up the street that I drive past every day. I've never actually been there. May actually uh, go and check it out and see what they got. See how they're doing. So, because, you know, local establishment, I've never uh, never been there. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to just browse around. Oh, here's another thing I, I, I got. I bought um, almond milk, which I use in my protein shakes. And uh, they didn't have what I normally buy. They had another show-and-tell time. Here. Isn't this fun? Uh, they had uh, almond, so this is a almond milk, with bananas in it. Okay. I mean, a banana smoothie is one of the things that I make for my protein drinks, so uh, I tried this in a banana smoothie, and whoa, banana. So, you know, uh, because the store shelves are so light, I am having to try new things. Uh, for one, I actually, my backup plan is I actually bought some, uh, some cereal and... Uh, uh, some chopped dates and uh, raisins or cranberries or uh, craisins, whatever they are. Just something so that I can have a bowl of cereal. Um, if I run out of uh, eggs and chicken sausage and oats are probably not something that are, th that seems to be... Actually, they were out of the oats I normally get. I had to get a different kind, so maybe all my breakfast foods are going to go bye-bye soon. Hard to say. Um, what's going on in here, chat? Let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Tofu egg. <laughs> oh, the, the the egg thing. Yeah. Uh, Matthew says at least it's the death of the handshake. Yeah, you, you know I always made fun of dudes for doing the 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 fist bump thing, and I do it too. I, I'm a I'm a gym guy, and we're all, hey, hey, ha, 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 which is the weirdest damn thing. I mean, it, you look at, what is it, uh, there are a couple countries on the other side of the pond who do the, 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 the cheek kiss thing, which is so weird, right? They don't even actually make contact. They just, like, air kiss each other's cheek, and we're all like, oh, that's so weird. But then dipshits like me literally punch each other in the fists to greet each other or say goodbye. Hey, buddy! Boom! It's like, what are you assholes doing? You're gonna break your metacarpals or something. Oh, man. We are silly. But, uh, yeah. Now now I don't have to touch anybody. No one, Nobody is like, bring it in for a hug. <laughs> No one's doing that. So I don't have to sit there and go, hmm. Now, should I just make things easier and go ahead and hug the person in my very lame, poorly hugging way? I'm bad at hugging. You can be bad, and hug bad at hugging, and I have proven it over and over throughout the decades I've been on Earth. Uh, but no one's asking for a hug. And uh, <clears throat> so we've got, like, the elbow check now. Or now we just, I guess, stand six feet away and wave. So, 
I actually like that because I'm not a not a touchy kind of guy. I I guess fist bump is is pretty good because that's like very quick, and the back of your hand is I suppose like one of the least intimate places on your body. So, you know, maybe maybe we could just graduate to kicking each other in the shins or something like that. I don't know. Let's see. Uh, da, 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 donate the masks, they do you no good. That's true. I don't... It, it's one box. Of, it's like six masks. Uh, if I knew exactly... The problem is, is they won't accept them. Uh, for the same reason that uh, the grocery stores are, and I would pr probably most stores, are not accepting returns at this time. Because they don't know where I've been. And that's understandable. Otherwise, I I would, but... Yeah. Uh, hey, Warren. Hello. Uh, Matthew says, safe bet it's empty. Sadly, people are being xenophobic and avoiding Asian stores. Oh, you mean the uh, Korean uh, supermarket by me? Huh. Uh, maybe that. Well, I mean, their loss is my gain. Maybe they. Have, maybe they've got all kinds of toilet paper and eggs. <laughs> but I there's a fairly high uh, Korean population where I live, so I imagine that's where. A lot of my neighbors are going to shop, so. Um, but yeah, you, there's there's probably some truth to what you're saying there, Matthew. Um, bu -bu 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 uh, uh, try to. I've always used the fist bump as an alter as an alternate high five. Uh, uh, oh, rice is cheap at the uh, Asian stores. Mm, all right. Uh, I wonder if it's uh, sold bulk or in packages. Probably both. Uh, let's see. Andreas, hello, Andrew. The cheek air kiss thing is a standard greeting here in Greece. Yeah, the, uh, Greece and several uh, countries in uh, in Europe. Uh, uh, the virus can get in through your eyes. Should have bought a full face mask. Well, I mean, it wasn't that big a deal back when I bought it because I just had the flu, and I was at. Um, CVS, where the the little walk-in clinic is, and oh god, it was I was so sick. It was the one, two years ago or three years ago something. My work did not provide free flu shots on site, so I completely forgot to do it that year, and I got the flu in the following February. Uh, so I drag my ass into CVS, and. There was like literally a two and a half hour wait, and it's like less than fifteen minute drive to uh, uh, to CVS. But I was so sick, I was like, you know what? I am totally fine just sitting here for two and a half hours. I have no desire to actually walk to my car and drive home and then have to drive back. Uh, so I bought a box of uh, masks and just put it on. Uh, so I still have that. <clears throat> uh, bu -bu 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 -bu. <laughs> Andrea says some uh, talking about the air kiss thing. Some people rub noses though. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's worse. <laughs> oh, um, 
Oh, Trisu says it's an open box. If you've used any of them, there's very little chance you'll accept them. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it's open. Because unless I bought them and then forgot to actually use one while I was sitting there, which is totally possible because I was I was just completely out of it. Um, but yeah, you're right. They, they would not accept an open box of surgical masks. Uh, so the thoughts there, but uh, not the means. So uh, let's see. Last week I talked about uh, the pandemic and the future of uh, theatrical distribution. And I said, you know what's probably going to happen is a lot of... Uh, a lot of the the movies that would be released in theaters right now probably going to either VOD, video on demand uh, going to hit the paid streaming services or they will if they're owned like by Disney or something it'll go on to a streaming service like Disney Plus and that actually happened um, uh, Onward which came out in theaters it's the Pixar movie came out in theaters a couple weeks ago uh, is hitting the streaming service uh, Disney Plus like next week or the week after um, Frozen 2 hit early uh, Star Wars Rise of Skywalker is going to be hitting in a couple of weeks I think um, and these movies are also uh, before they hit the streaming service that you may be subscribed to most of them are hitting like uh, Apple and Amazon pay to stream services uh, but what I found interesting was Universal had an announcement and they were saying uh, Trolls World Tour The Hunt um what else was there? Uh, I have their press release here. Uh, the Invisible Man and Emma uh, will be available on a wide variety of the most popular on-demand services for a 48-hour re rental period at the suggested retail price of $20. And I looked, and indeedy do, uh, The Hunt, uh, The Invisible Man, and uh, th those movies are actually available to stream for 20 bucks. Which is interesting, because these are all movies that just came out in the theater. But, I don't know where you live, but where I live, a movie theater ticket is not $20. Uh, I'm a matinee dude, so going to the movies to me is six ninety nine. But even peak hours pricing, even if you go to, even if you go to, like, IMAX, it's only, like, 13 to $15. Last time I was in New York... I think the tickets were, like, I, I think I saw one, th I think they were 13 bucks, I think I saw one prime theater that was like $18. I've, I don't know if, if it's 20 bucks to go to the theater where you are, but I like the idea of, well, you know, the theaters are closed, video on demand. Fine idea, but I'm not paying $20 to see The Hunt or The Invisible Man, much as I'd like to see it. No thanks. That seems like just way overpriced. And I get that you're renting the movie and you get it for 48 hours, but rarely do I see a movie in the theater and be like, boy, howdy, I need to see that again tomorrow. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just cheap. I, I don't know how popular that uh, that offering is going to be. So uh, let's see what we're doing in uh, well, uh, Matthew says, yeah, I killed the movie theaters. Uh, for me, it's like 17, ooh, 17 bucks. Damn, where do you live, Matthew? But that's a uh, general area. You don't have to give me your, <laughs> your street address. Um, 
Oh, it's a dine-in theater? Yeah, okay, I, I take that back. Uh, there are a couple theaters around me that are like $20 per ticket, but they're the ones with the uh, low-capacity uh, auditoriums because they have the large reclining chairs uh, and they serve food and alcohol. You know, they've got the little call button and the people will come in and bring you nibbles, uh, which are like like a little thing of fries or something like that. It's like $12. It's like extraordinarily expensive. Um, but yeah, you're right. I do have a few theaters around me that, that do that um, dine-in uh, motorized lazy boy type uh, type of chairs. Um, Matthew's ah Matthew good good call Matthew he says also they assume more than one per person is watching that is a pro I do my best but sometimes I fail to see things outside my own perspective or my own experience so when I hear it's available on stream I'm like I'm not paying 20 bucks for a ticket I live alone not everyone lives alone so some people have four people in the house and they'd be paying, uh, you know, $35 or more to take a family of four out to the theater. So, mm, good, uh, good call, Matthew. That one, I, I do my best, but sometimes I completely fail to see things from uh, perspectives other than my own. So, good call. Uh, Nicholas, I wonder if they'll force us to sit through ads or not. That's a good point. Is that with the, the 20 bucks for the streaming video is the first 15 minutes like commercials and uh, trailers. Uh, Warren says, I saw Knives Out three times and Endgame four times. It depends on the movie if I'm going to see it more than once. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I know some people who see movies multiple times in theater. Um, Golly, what's the last thing I said? If I see something multiple times in the theater, it's normally because someone else is like, hey, want to go with me to the theater to see this movie? And I've been, I'm like, well, I've seen it, but yeah, sure. Uh, I think the last thing I saw twice was, um, I don't remember what came out first. Uh, so Force Awakens I saw twice because I saw that in the theater and then, uh, my cousin was having some life problems, and so I he hadn't seen it, so I took him out to see it. And then uh, I, uh, Thor Ragnarok I saw twice. I saw that my own, and then I visited my mom for Christmas, and uh, uh, she and I, and I don't remember if my sister was there or not, but we went out to see it because she hadn't seen it. And uh, she said, is uh, Chris Hemsworth shirtless in the movie? And I said, yes, he is. And there's Hulk, but she says, to the car! So, so yeah, occasionally I do see a movie more than once, but uh, usually it's just because I'm seeing it with someone else. But uh, yeah, Knives Out, I uh, really enjoyed. Uh, Endgame, quite like. Long movie, but yeah, it's good. Uh, <clears throat> what else do I have on my list? Let me uh, put, the, put the almond milk back in the fridge. Hang on. Alright, so, oops, let's, let's see what this is real quick, is it important, load, 
load. It's not loading. I don't know if it's important because it's not loading correctly. No. Oh my god. Okay. Must not be important because the notifications tab is not loading. So what's next on the thing here? Um, <coughs> let's, uh, so the P PlayStation 5 was talked about this week at length. Um, what happened was Mark Cerny uh, had a very tech-heavy, uh, developer-focused lecture on the philosophy, the design philosophy behind the upcoming PlayStation 5. A lot of gamers were disappointed in this talk because they didn't show the console, they didn't show any games, it wasn't sexy, uh, there was no gameplay footage, it was not a Nintendo Direct. And I understand that. Now, I'm a, I'm a tech dude, so I, I found it fascinating, but uh, to, so, to, to be fair, Sony, I thought, was very clear as to what the presentation was before they started. Um, this talk was originally going to be at GDC, I think, and so they just, because GDC was canceled, they just recorded the talk and put it online for people who wanted to watch it. So the intended audience was always tech-familiar people like developers. So I understand gamers not enjoying the show, but probably not something to get angry at because it wasn't intended to be anything else. Um, Matthew says uh, Microsoft handled it better, better via Digital Foundry. And that's true, I believe, because Digital Foundry took what probably was a similar dry <laughs> info dump and presented it with the understanding that the audience is gamers who are excited about playing new hot games. So, um, yeah. So I think from a gaming perspective, uh, the way Digital Foundry reported it was much more digestible for your average gamer than just watching Mark Cerny talk about the design philosophy behind the PlayStation 5 for an hour. Um, I found it fascinating. I thought it was really interesting. Um, and I'll say bo on both uh, Microsoft on Microsoft's side, I when they showed, I think, at the the Game Awards, I think they showed off the, the, the tower of the Xbox Series X, and I looked at it and I went, eh, eh, meh. Talk about uh, two GameCubes being duct-taped together. It's literally two GameCubes stacked on top of each other. Um, I, I didn't really care for the... I mean, who cares what it looks like, uh... Maybe not the easiest to fit on all entertainment shelves. I think it can be laid on its side if you want. Don't quote me on that. I asked someone and they said yes. I said, all right, if you say so. But Digital Foundry's teardown showed the inside of the casing and how everything is fit inside like a, like a, like a, like a Jenga tower. Um, it's sitting on a gigantic heat sink. I 
I actually kind of like the design now that I've seen its innards and how all of its uh, pieces are packed in the case. I just think it's kind of neat uh, the way they did it. Um, uh, Sony's, I think they have some very interesting ideas with um, uh, capping the, uh, the the frequency that the chips run at. And... Um, Rather than adjusting the frequency to the temperature, they uh, are doing it like the other way around. Um, so, who knows how well that will work? Also, I I really love the part of uh, Sony's presentation where they're like, um, so we're using uh, not Microsoft's going to be using a proprietary uh, solid state hard drive. They just plug in like a thumb drive. Um, Sony is saying you can use an off-the-shelf thing, but only but the uh, but but they don't exist yet. And when they do exist, they're going to be super expensive, and not all of them will necessarily fit in the bay that we've we have on the PlayStation Five. <laughs> so, so I thought that was kind of funny. Um, Uh, Matthew says, uh, Sony's thing is weird. Uh, Microsoft uh, uses uh, lock speed. Sony's tying it to workload. Yeah. Um, they they have... Uh, what, uh, what did they call it? Um, they called it boost mode, I think, but it, it, it's not what you normally think of when you say boost mode. They actually have the frequencies capped, um, which is uh, which is interesting. Uh, it'll be interesting to to see how the uh, they haven't shown any shown any games yet, so you know it, it's all tech fluff at this point. Microsoft is show look at our ray tracing that traces rays all over the place. And it's like yes, now we can have a really beautiful game of Minecraft. Is is that Minecraft? That's Minecraft. You can have all the traced rays you want as long as the game is no more complex than Minecraft. We'll see how it works. You know, it's it's always funny. They're like, oh, we can do all this stuff. It's like, yeah, but like, look how well Gears 5 runs. It's like, yeah. But when you have something developed specifically for the next generation that quadruples the polygon count of every individual character and quadruples the texture resolution and quadruples the number of textures that you use, the game's still going to run sub-30. Because we're not going to be taking modern generation games. It's like you, you keep pushing the boundaries till things grind to a halt. So we will have to wait and see what the games look like. So, But, you know, I'm a tech dude too. So it's interesting looking at the, the philosophical design, uh, the philosophical approaches to the design of each system. I find that kind of stuff fascinating. At the same time, but I, I don't bother with it too much because at the end of the day for me, I'm a gamer and I just want to play fun games. I want them to look good too, don't, don't get me wrong. But, you know, if you don't actually have any games to show me, I'm not particularly hyped. So...
Uh, Matthew says, uh, to be frank, the Minecraft demo is impressive because it's fully path traced. Uh, you're right, it's path traced instead of ray traced. A bit of a distinction there. And yeah, it is impressive, but not all games are going to look at that. And because the way Minecraft renders its world with cubes, that makes it a lot less load intensive to do full path tracing. Uh, when you have a game with an incredibly complex environment, you're probably not going to be doing it to that scale. Which, you know, is to be expected. So, pardon me. So, let us move into games that I've been playing this week. Uh, so I played the... Does this notification want to work now? No, it doesn't. So I have no idea what it's trying to notify me of. Um, <clears throat> so I played the Resident Evil 3 demo. And... Uh, Matthew says, I'm well aware that nothing past you know Quake Minecraft can be path-traced with current hardware. Yeah. Um, it's always weird... I mean, you, you came out with the, the, the PlayStation Pro and the uh, Microsoft Xbox X? What? What's, the, what's the Pro version? It's the Microsoft One X, right? My Xbox One X, that's what it is. And it's like, they can do 4K, and it's like, yeah, but they don't mostly, you know, most of them aren't full 4K. And the ones, you know, at the at best, a lot of them are uh, using different different uh, you know upscaling uh, algorithms to output for. They're not native 4K. Um, they don't run particularly well a lot of the times. It's like, oh, it it can if it's simple and under the right conditions. You get that a lot with all tech. It's not just Microsoft or Sony. Uh, Xbox One X. Thank you, Chaos. Uh, anyway, uh, Resident Evil 3. So, uh, I'm a fan of Resident Evil. Uh, the remake comes out, uh, early next month. And, um, uh, they had, they just published a demo. And it takes place in, it's interestingly, the demo for, uh, Resident Evil 2, I think, was just the beginning of the game. Like, I think they give you, like, a 20-minute time limit to get as far as you can. I, maybe you started in the police station instead of out on the road, I don't remember. But they gave you 20 minutes, I think it was the one-shot demo, you got one playthrough. And I think once you got to Marvin, I, I, I think the demo ends, regardless of how much time you have left on the clock. But the demo in Resident Evil 3 is from the middle of the game somewhere it's the it's the part of the game where you meet up with the uh the um umbrella paramilitary group and they're on that cable car and they're trying to get the cable car to move in this game it's a it's a, a subway train instead of a cable car and there's actually some survivors wandering they've got some survivors and they're all going to die uh, they've got some survivors in one of the car, which is nice to see. It makes the uh, the Raccoon City feel more alive. And occasionally you do see, uh, you you walk out of the subway station. There's like some people running around. And what's funny though is you look at where they ran to, and there's like a dead end. It's like where did they come from and where did they go? 
I guess, unlike Special Forces Operative Jill, they can climb over stuff. She cannot. Uh, it's a fun demo. Uh, it's It lets you wander around the streets of Raccoon City for a little bit, and then you get chased around by Nemesis, and then you get to a certain point, and Nemesis and you stare down, and then it ends. Um, it took me about 20 minutes to get out of the subway station because the subway, the the cars, and the station itself are plastered with some really wonderful set decoration in the form of movie posters and advertisements. Um, some of them are advertising uh, Resident Evil 3, which comes out April 3rd, 2020, which is kind of weird because the game takes place in like September of 1998. So there's a movie poster for something that comes out, you know, uh, later in 1998, right next to the uh, fourth wall breaking movie poster for a game that comes out in 2020. It's like, wow, I, <laughs> that's going to be a while. 22 years until this comes out. What's this thing? Uh, imagine if they uh, advertised Duke Nukem forever, uh, you know, back in 96 or something or whenever the hell they talked about it, and they're like, Duke Nukem forever. Planned release date, 2016. It's like, holy shit, jeez. You, you guys got to take that much time with it? Wow. But there's some really fun movie posters, and there's a poster for a, like, a TED Talk on the future of robotics hosted by Dr. Wiley and Dr. Light. Oh, it's great. Um, there's some really wonderful stuff in there. Uh, and it, I was just aiming at walls Probably Carlos and Mikhail or whoever that was are staring at me like, what is this weird woman doing? I I don't think we should have asked her for help. Also, the game does a, a lot better job of... Um, oh, also the, the Mikhail guy, I think that's his name. He's not, like, laying unconscious anymore. He's actually sitting upright and uh, talking to you. And he seems like a decent chap. And Carlos seems like an okay dude, too. Jill seems kind of mean, but then again, these people work for Umbrella, and you know what? Had I been through what she'd been through, I might be a bit persnippity with Umbrella employees, too. So, I'll give her a pass on that, plus she's probably had a rough night. But, um, I like the fact that, uh, they say, hey, I'm going to stay here and clear rubble off of the track. Could, could you go to the substation and turn the power back on so we can move these people out of here? That's pretty cool, because it's been a long time since I've played Resident Evil 3, but that game, like a lot of others, when you meet other characters, it never really feels like they're doing anything. It always feels like you're doing all the work. My favorite example, I think, is um, uh, Star Wars Shadows of the Empire where you're, you play Dash Rendar, and uh, you're, you're flying through space with Luke. You're in your ship, uh, the Outrider, I think it was called. Luke's in his X-Wing, and you approach this... Uh, it's not a Star Destroyer, but, you know, big enemy ship. And Luke says, Okay, Dash, you go inside and take care of all the bad guys. I'll patrol around out here. It's like, oh, geez, thanks, Luke. <laughs> I'll just do all the work. You just you just pace back and forth out here. And you see that that kind of thing all the time in video games. And Resident Evil 3 is uh is uh no different. And the reason they do that is because they don't want you to feel like the non-player character is 
Bogarten your gameplay. It's like, well, dude, I would go collect the rune stone. I want the gameplay. You sit on your ass, NPC, and just, just, I am error yourself. The reason that happens is because if you played um, No More Heroes 2, uh, the first game, I think there's like ten bad guys, and you have to work through them in order until you're number one, right? In the second game, there's 50, and you start at 50, and you go down, and you're like, oh my god, there's so much content, and then they just skip from like 43 all the way down to 5. Like, I forget what happens, but they just all die or something like that. Um, and you feel cheated. So I understand why NPCs never actually do anything, because it would feel like it's cheating the player out of gameplay. But Resident Evil 3 found a good solution. It found something for Carlos to do. Uh, Mikhail is injured, so he can't do anything. Carlos is clearing rubble from the track. Did you really want to do that? Did you want the move the boulder minigame? Maybe if Jill just repeatedly punched the boulder, trying to get it off of the track, and she's like, ugh, I wish Chris were here. Uh, I thought it was a good compromise of giving the NPC something plausible to do that makes sense in the narrative without stepping on the uh, gameplay protagonist's toes. So, um, also, Nemesis is cool, but there's nothing wrong with Nemesis's design, but maybe I'm just a purist. I like the original design of Nemesis better. I don't like this one's weird, elongated, chiclet-looking teeth. Eh, not a big deal. Also, his torso covering looks less like a jacket and more like someone just wrapped him in black garbage bags and stapled it on with with little strips of yellow caution tape. It doesn't look uncool, but when you really look at it, I mean, in silhouette, and when he's chasing you down, it looks great, but... If he's just standing still, like if he had knocked him for a loop and he's down on one knee, or if you're just staring at him on the title screen, it looks a little weird. Just a little bit. Eh. Uh, Kage Neko Samax. Uh, hello. Uh, Lols, like when they put smartphones in Sakura Card Captor sequel. Uh, well, probably because I won't be able to save to make him wear clothes like a. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> man, the timing is really tight on that perfect dodge thing. Like, I could not get it to... I didn't have really any problems perfect dodging Nemesis's attacks, but damned if I could get it to work with any zombies. And I'm pretty sure you can do it with zombies. I'm positive I've seen it in some of the promotional footage. So... Also, every time a zombie grabs you, there's a prompt on the screen, and a button prompt, and there's a little timing wheel that goes around the button. I have no idea what that's supposed to do. I've pressed the button, I've rapidly tapped the button, you get munched either way. I, I, I don't know what that prompt is for. 
oh well. Lovely environmental design in Resident Evil 3. Really looking forward to that one. I think it's going to be fun. Uh, let's see, what else did I play? So, uh, today is the, or this week, yesterday, I actually came out as uh, Doom Eternal, which I did not buy, because, like so many games, it was announced, I think, like, last summer, that there would be paid DLC. And it sounds like it's going to be single-player DLC. Uh, so... We still don't know exactly what it is, so far as I've seen, uh, id Software and uh, Bethesda have not shown it off. Oh, they'll sell it to you. They'll sell it to you for 30 bucks! Or, I guess, an extra 10 if you buy the Deluxe Edition, whatever it is, I, I forget what the pricing is, but... Um, so I'm not buying it. For now. I'll get it at some point, because I really love Doom 2016, and this looks insanely fun too. But... You know, I'll wait a year, year and a half until the Doom Eternal Game of the Year Edition or Collector's Edition or Gold Edition or, or whatever comes out for 40 bucks and includes all the DLC stuff. Or they'll announce the DLC and it'll be just, you know, online modes or multiplayer maps or something like that that I personally don't care about. And I'll be like, ah, okay, Game's, the game is now, uh, I'll pick it up for 50 Here's the thing, if Bethesda had not announced that there was going to be paid DLC in the next year, I absolutely would have purchased this game yesterday for 50 bucks. So, yeah, you're, you're lost, Bethesda. I'll get it at some point, though. Game looks like a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, and lastly, Animal Crossing. I have a history with Animal Crossing. Allow me to regale you with my history with Animal Crossing. Ah! So, back, uh, Animal Crossing came out in North America anyway on the GameCube back in 2002, 3, somewhere in there. I rented it from Blockbuster Video. Remember those? Uh, Blockbuster had a thing going where uh, video games you had for five whole days. Movies I think you only had for two nights, but video games you had for five whole days, which was especially useful for something like Animal Crossing, a game that you're not supposed to plow through, you know, just play it for ten hours in a day and finish it and be done with it. No, you're supposed to play it for a bit each day. So I thought having a, nearly a week to play it would give me a good grasp of the concept of Animal Crossing to see if it was for me. Because at that point, I mean, I'd, I had heard of the game since, you know, the N64 version, and it never sounded like a game for me, but a lot of people I knew really loved it, so I thought I'd give it a chance. Um, I think I had to buy one of the, uh, uh, <clears throat> one of the, the, the big block, uh, memory cards for the, for the GameCube, um, in order to play it. Because the, the game, I think, was sold with a memory card. Because uh, they had the, the gray ones, which were like a quarter the size. And then Animal Crossing came out, and they came out with the larger ones. And um, so I think I had... I don't remember if GameStop actually provided one, or if I had to buy one in order to rent Animal Crossing. And I dropped it on the floor. Uh. So, um... So I rented the game, I took it home, 
and I named my character Asshole, and I named my village Hell, because that meant that all the fuzzy little woodland creatures kept coming up to me and said, Hello, Asshole. Welcome to Hell. Because I was, and still am, that immature. And it made me giggle every time they called me an asshole. Um, and I, I made my name lowercase and everything, so it, so it fit the sentence structure. <laughs> um, so, uh, by the end of the week, I had paid off uh, Tom Nook uh, many times over. I had fully expanded my house. I had caught every single bug that you could catch at that time of year. I had caught every single fish that you could catch at that time of year. I had not found all of the fossils, but I had found many of them. So at the end of five days, I was thinking, and I didn't really, I didn't play the game obsessively. I played it longer than I think most sessions of Animal Crossing are supposed to be. You're probably only supposed to play the game for like 20-30 minutes. I probably played it for an hour, hour and a half each day, so I played it longer than you usually should have, but you know, I had a time limit here. I had to go back to a GameStop at Fri on Friday or whatever. Uh, uh, Blockbuster. So at the end of the five days, I was like, wow. Not only is this game not particularly fun, there's just there's not much to do and after a week I've done pretty much everything I mean I've got a few more fossils to find and I could just wait until winter for the new fish and bugs to appear so I uh, looked at the Animal Crossing calendar and the next special event was uh, a sports day so I, I thought, you know, before I return this to uh, to uh, Blockbuster, I should experience one of the, the the yearly events that the game has to offer just to see what they're like. So I fast-forwarded the calendar when Mr. Rossetti didn't even notice uh, to Sports Day. I also fast-forwarded, later I fast-forwarded the calendar to, like, 40 years in the future or something like that. <laughs> If you're like, we haven't seen you in uh, 88,450 days or something like that. And there's just weeds and cockroaches all over the place. It was hilarious. Um, but so I fast forwarded to sports day. And um, later I would also rewind time. And then Mr. Rossetti yelled at me. It was, he, was, he was very cross. Um, So fast forwarded to sports day, and it was really, really adorable. Um, there was there were all these events going on. There was a tug of war. There was a foot race. There was a a ball toss thing where there's a basket on top of a pole, and you stand around in a circle and th try to throw balls into the basket. And I was like, oh, that's that's really cute. There, that's 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 neat. That these really. Uh, once a year kind of events I think that that's really cool until I learned that you can't interact with it at all the foot race is just the characters running around the central town fountain or whatever it is just over and over you could run with them but 
no one wins, no one stops, never ends. Uh, the tug of war, you can't participate. They, they'll just sit there tugging on that rope forever. The ball toss, you can't do that either. So it's, it's just set dressing. And that was the moment where it was, the deal was sealed for me. Animal Crossing just is not for me. Never has been. Game bores the hell out of me. I really appreciate the game. I, I, I mean, I, I love games that try completely different new things um, because you never know if there's an audience for that. In the case of Animal Crossing, there absolutely is. There's a huge audience for it. And um, from, uh, from the folks I've talked to, they're just utterly loving this game. And if I had the money, I would have bought my sister a Switch and Animal Crossing because she is a hardcore Animal Crossing fan. I mean, she's the type of person, my mom too, that they will sit there and play the game for a couple hours with like a pad and pen to keep track of who loaned what to who and who needs to get what item. And oh, they strategize. It It's hilarious. So... Game's not for me, but it's for a, a ton of other people, and that's wonderful. But you know, I was thinking about Animal Crossing this week um, <clears throat> because there's a lot of fun fan art on social media if you know where to look. And I was thinking, what if? What if? What if you turned on your Switch and you visited your island in Animal Crossing and you found out one of the animal villagers had been murdered? And I thought about that and I was like, that's way, way too interesting for this game. It's like... You know, the, uh, Isabel comes up to you crying and, oh, Felix the cat <laughs> was found dead. <laughs> Someone hit him with an axe. <laughs> and from then on, every time you go into Animal Crossing, you wonder which of the animals on your island did it. It's like, was it the elephant? Was it the seagull? Who murdered Benji? Or Felix or whoever, whoever got axed. That would change the tenor of the game, right? You know, you know, life goes on. You're you're missing a resident, and every day you log in, you just know that one of the animal residents is a murderer, and you don't know if someone else is gonna be next. So that's that's one of the <laughs> that's one of the things I was thinking about earlier this week. <laughs> Someone didn't pay Tom Nook on time, says Chaos. Um, Nicholas says, I would play that Animal Crossing. Um, uh, Kage Nikosamak says, uh, well, new Animal Crossing uh, versions, are that, so I, I'm taking it the, the later editions of the game. I only ever played, in any real depth, the original uh, GameCube game. Um, so I haven't played, like, City Folk or New Leaf or anything like that. Uh, says uh, the, the events usually have a minigame or contest where you actually participate. That doesn't surprise me that it evolved to that point, and it's also totally possible that Sports Day or whatever is just an event that is not interactable 
other events, Christmas, Halloween, whatever, are. I just didn't check them out. Totally possible. I don't know. But that is what really drove the nail in the coffin for me regarding Animal Crossing. As like, okay, game's not for me. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's Tom Nook. Um, <laughs> he's got you by the bells. Um... Imagine you're just you're just wandering around and you you see that little split in the ground and you take out your shovel and you think you're going to be digging up a maybe a bag of gold or a fossil or something <laughs> and you dig up one of the animal villagers' corpses. <laughs> oh, oh my god! <laughs> oh my god, Tortimer! Someone buried his body out here. <laughs> what the hell? I remember in the game you, you could, uh, I don't remember if you could hit anyone with the axe, but you could definitely smack people in the head with the butterfly net. Uh, maybe, maybe too many wallops with the butterfly net, and it's like, uh, they know where you sleep. <laughs> you find a blood stain on the beach. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So... The, the, these are the things that uh, drift through my head when I'm at work. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so, uh, time to close the show. But, uh, that is not the end of our uh, social isolation fun. For tomorrow, tomorrow I will be streaming a game. Uh, so, uh, I think I'll start streaming at noon. And we will be playing... A very appropriate game for this day and age, Firewatch, a game that I actually have had for a while and uh, have always wanted to uh, check out. I remember when I first saw this trailer back in, God, E3 2015, 16, somewhere in there. Um, it's uh, you play a like forest service dude who sits up in a Firewatch tower and watches for fires out in the woods somewhere. And you hike around, and you rappel down cliffs, and you uh, pick up beer cans left by stupid campers, and, uh, you know, fix, you know, broken porta-potties. Or, you know, you do your do your duty out there, and you've, you've got your boss on the radio or something like that. And it, it a very simple but attractive look. And the, the person on the other end, the, the way the trailer ended... And I thought, oh, this looks kind of kind of fun. And the way the trailer ended is your the person on the other end of the walkie-talkie says, "Hey, where are you?" And he's like, "I'm at uh, the the bluff overlooking the canyon at at Jumper Lake or whatever." And she's like, "Then who's in your firewatch tower?" And he turns around and there's like a light in the tower, and it's like, "Ooh, that's." So I always thought that was rather intriguing. No idea if the game's any good, but. It's about a guy who has, I, I think, like a failed marriage or something like that. So he retreats out in the middle of the woods to be by himself. So it's a perfect game for these socially isolating times. So uh, if you have the time and desire, tomorrow around noon, Pacific Standard Time, join me, won't you? And we'll play an hour or so of Firewatch, in which we will practice... Uh, social distancing by completely ignoring your boss on the radio. Every time she calls to give me a, a chore like, hey, there's, you know, someone lighting a fire and the fire danger's too high, so go tell them. It's like, 
Can't hear you. <sighs> Busy with crossword puzzles. Bye. So, I have I don't know if you can ignore people in the game. Don't know. Should be fun. So, uh, we'll do that tomorrow around noon Pacific Standard Time. Uh, that's it for tonight. Uh, thank you, everyone, for hanging out with me. Hope you enjoyed the show, which really honestly just consists of me blathering for an hour. But uh, hope you're all uh, keeping safe and healthy and happy, and I'll see you tomorrow. And if not, see you next week. Bye-bye, everyone.